All right, so if you're taking notes, you can title your notes, Giving While Empty. Giving While Empty. I don't know uh, uh, if, if you have ever used those terms together, um, but let me just kind of give us a working definition. Uh, have you ever been exhausted, tired, worn out, and about that time, uh, people are needing things from you? And uh, thank you, Renee. Thank you. Just preach me down. Just preach back to me. People are, are needing things from you, and you're exhausted. You're tired. You're worn out. You have just been working all day. And about that time, somebody calls, uh, and somebody starts asking for something. Uh, and so you're having to give, but you are emotionally, mentally, spiritually empty, and you really have nothing to give. Um, and so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Let's read uh, a, a situation, a scene in the Bible uh, that Jesus found himself in. And not only was he emotionally spent, um, but he was uh, deeply hurt and distressed because John the Baptist, his cousin, was just killed. And so he's incredibly upset and down. Uh, but while he's trying to break away uh, to just get some time to himself, people started making demands on him, and he couldn't get away. Uh, so let's, let's see what he did, and, and let's see if we can model our life after his. Matthew chapter uh, 14, verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, speaking of John the Baptist being killed, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. So word is out that, that Jesus is a phenomenal communicator and that he is healing people um, by the hundreds each day. I mean, there's one verse in the Bible that says that if they had recorded, if they had written down every single miracle that he did, that there would not be enough paper in the world. Um, and had I known I was going to mention that verse, I would have brought the reference, but that'll be good homework for you. So all of these people were following Jesus everywhere because they want to see and witness the miracles. Some of them needed the miracles. And so he, he gets in a, a, a boat, and um, in verse 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. 
Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake where he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. So I'm going to give you guys uh, just kind of a recap of the scene that we just read, and then I'm going to give you three takeaways to take with you. Um, Jesus had uh, more, um, more of a reason to not be in a giving mode uh, than uh, what we understand on face value. Um, it's hard to be in a giving mode when you're tired. Uh, some of you have worked all day long today, and now you're here in this room, and you're doing the best you can to listen to me because you're exhausted, but you're wanting to give your evening to invest into your relationship with God. So you're wanting to give, but there's everything in you would like to be on a lazy boy right now, sipping tea or whatever you do when you get home, wearing your t-shirt with a hole in it and your pajamas and, and all that kind of good stuff. But there's this internal demand coming from your spirit that says you really want to be close to God more than you want to be on your couch. And so there's this internal struggle. Well, that internal struggle is really taking place all the time. Some of you might be saying, well, the, the struggle is not as intense as what you think it is. My wife dragged me here tonight. Otherwise, I'd be, <laughs> otherwise I'd be on the couch. But anyways, there's this, this internal struggle that's taking place all the time. But if you are taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down. Giving is what I'm called to do. It's what I'm here to do. Um, if we are not, if we go through long periods of, of self-medicating and, and just taking care of me, we're not operating in, in what we're called to do. That's our assignment. It's our assignment to give. Number two, I'd like to say this, that when you have nothing, there's a blessing that's available for you when you give. And, and I say that to say, here Jesus and the disciples, there's a demand being placed on them and they don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to give. I, my, uh, one of the most stressful moments of my week is when Allie goes to get her nails done or her hair done or whatever else done um, by the way, ladies, why does somebody else have to do your hair? I don't understand. Clearly, I don't understand. But we, you're paying somebody, I'm not going to get into that. Um, but you're paying somebody to work on nails that's like one inch away from your other hand. So I don't understand, uh, never mind. Okay, so when Allie goes out and I have all three kids to myself, my only goal is that when Allie gets home, we still have three kids. That's my only goal. Whether they eat, whether the house is trashed, all those things, that's bonus material. I just want three kids because when these kids are constantly 
daddy, 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 daddy. If I had a dollar every time Luke, my son, says daddy, I, I'd own a yacht. Daddy, 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 sissy, bubby, daddy, sissy, baby, crying. That's what I want to do. And so there's just like this constant, as soon as Allie gets home, the poor thing, I just take the baby and I stick it in Allie's hands. And, and it's just like for hours on end, just these demands, daddy, 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 daddy. And I'm like, I just want to go to work. I, I'd rather work for 40 hours and, and do whatever it is in the office and do emails. I'll never complain about returning emails ever again because the alternative is, is that change out that dishwasher 14 times in one day. Uh, I, just give me a broom and I'll sweep the streets rather than do that. It's just these demands. Um, and, and when I don't have anything left, I want to go to bed. And I'll ask the kids, do you guys all want to take a nap? <laughs> they never want to take a nap. Ever, 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 ever. Because I'm, I'm seeing we all take a nap together. This is going to be a family bonding moment. And so I, do you guys want to go to the movies? That's my that's where I go when I, it's my job to babysit. We go to the movies so the movie theater can babysit my kids while I watch. Never mind, but I don't want to share all my secrets. But when, when I am completely drained and they're making demands, when we give in the moments where we have nothing, God pays attention to those moments. And there's blessings for you available. This is exactly where the disciples found themselves. They are asking for food. They're hungry, but they don't have any food. Let's progress through. Number three, you are an instrumental part of God's plan. What I love about uh, this story is Jesus, the Son of God, takes this, the bread and takes the fish and blesses it and then, it's so amazing, he gives the food to the disciples, and they get to distribute it. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to communicate this well, um, but I'm going to take my best swing, since you're all staring at me. I'm going to take my, my best swing. God has blessings that he is going to give to people that you know. Sometimes they're tangible blessings like money or things. Sometimes they're emotional blessings, mental things, things that they're... He has blessings. Um, and he, the way he's going to give them to the people that you know is he's going to give it to you, and you are going to give it. Let me... Uh, um, Isaiah, why don't you uh, come up here real quick? And, and um, uh, Terry, why don't you come up here as well? Um, if, if Terry... Uh, and just stand shoulder to shoulder. Um, if, if Terry, come close to me, Isaiah. If, if Terry is in a season of his life where he is distraught, things aren't going well for him. Isaiah doesn't know it because we all hold our cards to our chest, right? Everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Fine. Don't you want just one time to be honest? How am I? 
Well, my life is falling apart. I want to kill my husband. I can't stand my boss. Haven't gotten a raise in five years. Outside of that, things are good. Just one time. Don't you want to do it just one time? Just one time. I was in an elevator. Uh, my wife and I, this is a rabbit trail, but I'll come back home. Uh, I was in an elevator with my wife. Where were we? Where were we? Oh, we went, uh, we went on vacation. We went on vacation. There was like 50 of us crammed in this elevator. And we're all like this. And, and I said, uh, hey, do you guys want to smell something cool? <laughs> and my wife looked at me. Have you ever had somebody's eyes tell you something? And her eyes are saying, I'm never taking you in public again. Don't talk. You're embarrassing me. And they're all looking at me. I just went, I'm kidding. (laughs) And one person in the whole elevator laughed. One. It wasn't my wife. So anyway, um, uh, I don't know how I got into that, but I told you it was a rabbit. Um, If if God, uh, no, if, if Terry's life is distraught, and he's pretending like everything is okay. God knows that it's not. He knows. Nobody else knows, and he's not telling anybody. So let's just say for the visual that it could be something real, but let's just say he's thirsty, okay? The way God is going to give him this water is he's not going to just wander around and all of a sudden he's going to find this water sitting on a counter with his name on it. That's not how God blesses people. He blesses people by looking for somebody who is laser focused on saying, I'm going to give God, I'm going to serve you whether I'm exhausted or whether I'm tired, there's a thousand excuses on not staying laser focused on God. But the people that just, I'm just going to do my best, I'm going to make myself available whether I'm exhausted, whether I'm tired, whether I have my own questions, whether I'm wrestling with faith, I'm available. Those people, God says this, I'm going to give you the ability to give that to Terry. Now, what's cool is when Jesus had the fish and loaves, he prayed for it. It multiplied in his hands. And then he gave it to the disciples to give to the people. Jesus did not bless... (laughs) Hot potato. Um, Jesus did not multiply the fish and loaves and then say, thanks, guys. All right, now. And then give it to him directly. You know why? Jesus is not interested in working alone. He's interested in working with you. But we have to stay in the game, saying constantly, I'm available, and Lord Jesus, please, and I pray this all the time, please don't let me get caught up in just being consumed with myself. And when we pray that way and think that way, He gives us the ability to do it. You can keep the water. Give them a round of applause. Would you do that? Now, what's what's fascinating, number four, is, is refilling comes through giving. Jesus was exhausted. Jesus is depressed. Now, 
all of a sudden he goes into giving mode. He goes into giving mode. He's empty and he starts giving. Now, I, when I read this in the Bible, I kicked my chair back and I started thinking about Christmas. Christmas is by far for me one of the most stressful seasons the whole year. Because now I'm wrestling with how much money am I going to spend? Let's just call a spade a spade, right? And then I've got people that I really love and I want to buy something that's equivalent to how much I love them. But I love them this much and my budget is this high. And so we got this gap. Are you with me? So uh, that's four weeks of that leading up to Christmas. So there's this stress. But then there's the moment of Christmas morning. This is just for me. And, and you can... When I see my kids opening up presents, and all of a sudden I feel myself being refreshed. Christmas morning is fun because the kids, now you would think that since I'm so stressed out for three weeks, you would think that the way I can get refreshed is to get away from everybody. That's what Jesus' initial knee-jerk response was. My best friend, my, my cousin just died. I'm going to get away from everybody. But then he gets himself in a position where he's got to give. And what I, when I started thinking about Christmas morning, I started realizing Jesus must have felt that times a billion. He's looking at starving people that are now eating because he made himself available in spite of the fact that he was down and hurt and, and upset. And so being refilled actually goes against our logic. See, when you and I get stressed out, I don't, I, I don't mean to pull you in the same boat with me. So when I get stressed out, my knee jerk is take my phone, drop it in the toilet, and hide from the world. Are you with me? And we're going to find out in a minute that Jesus did actually do that. But he put himself last on the list. And when that demand, oh my goodness, this person needs me, and he started investing into them, then he actually became more refreshed in the give. Here's another way I can describe this. Raise your hand if within the last couple years you have gone to the hospital to visit somebody there for whatever reason. Raise your hand. Um, when I go to the hospital to visit somebody, I'm telling myself from my car all the way to their room, Frankie, be encouraging. Be an encouragement. Be an encouragement. Lord, help me to be an encouragement. Oh, help me to be an encouragement. Lord, help me to be an encouragement. Help me to be an encouragement. Almost 10 times out of 10, I go into the room. I've been doing this since I was three years old, literally. My dad's a preacher. He used to, I used to hold his finger, and we used to walk down the hallway in hospitals and go visit people that he was going to visit. So this happens almost 10 times out of 10. I'm walking down the hall. I walk into 
at someone's hospital room, and I'm going to be encouraging. I'm going to be encouraging. And by me being there and doing the best I can to encourage, when I walk out and I'm walking back to my car, I feel like I'm 15 feet tall because I'm the one that got encouraged some way, somehow. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. How did that happen? I'm, they're the one with kidney failure. They're the one that is fighting something very serious. And I'm the one walking out 15 feet high. How does that happen? Because when we prioritize giving to people, when we recognize that need, the blessing actually flips back around. Now what happens if I would have said, oh, so-and-so's in the hospital. Yeah, I know they're in the hospital, but I am exhausted today. And I prioritize me first. What happens is that person didn't get me pouring into them and I didn't get the back half of that blessing of walking out 15 feet high. And so what did I do instead? I go to bed, I lay down, I take Curious George and I rub and I love it freezing in my house. I don't care if it's 40 below outside. It's still going to be cold in my room and I got the fan going, oh, it's so good. Black, 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 cold, cold, cold. Love it. Oh, it feels so good. And then I wake up. Have you ever woken up and you're exhausted? Are you with me? Have you ever come back from your vacation and you need a vacation right away? And you ask yourself, oh my goodness, I'm crazy. I just woke up and I'm tired. I just came back from vacation and I need a vacation. I don't know what to do with myself. Here's the reality. What makes us thrive is not what you think it is. What makes us thrive is when we do what we're born to do and it just stay in that mode of, is there anyone here that needs some fish and loaves? Is there anyone here that needs me? Is there anyone needs? And then pour out. And then this is what's so cool. Everyone say, what's so cool? Oh, you're a great person. You guys are so awesome to talk to. Rest comes. So they all eat. They all go home, and then the Bible says, then Jesus snuck away. And the Bible says that he prayed. Now, you remember how I was just talking about how you want rest, and then you get your rest, but then you're still tired? You are a spiritual being with a fleshly body that's gonna exist for about 85 years, 95 years, and then it's gone. That's if we're all real lucky. But it's just a flesh suit that you have. You're a spiritual being. And so you get filled up when you connect with people, but when you get alone, do you all of a sudden get filled up? No, you're still in the flesh suit. It's still you. You're still gonna go to sleep for eight hours and, and be tired. So you got to reconnect with the stuff that you're giving out. Man, if I can word this, this is so good, Charles. You are giving out stuff from your heart, your spirit. You're encouraging people. You're lifting people up. You're helping people. You're being patient with people. That is all coming out from your heart. 
So when you go to get away, because Jesus went to go get away too, he didn't just get away, don't call me. He got away and he replenished what he gave. And the only way you can replenish what you gave is go to the source that it came from. And the Bible says, let me read it, let me read it, watch this. Verse 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. So when we get away, it is going to be so frustrating for all of us if we're constantly having these demands being pulled on us by people all around us and we're drained and we're empty and we don't know how to refill. And so this is it. When you get away, after you've done what you do, whether you're laying down in bed or you're on the couch or you're in the fetal position in the laundry room, however you get away, whisper prayers, whatever comes to your mind, even if you only pray three sentences and that's it. But make sure you're at least whispering something to the Lord. Get that line of communication open, even if this is it. Lord, I'm so exhausted. I love you. Get the door open, the communication line open. Then, this is a perfect example. Some of us, or all of us, walked in tonight tired, exhausted. When you leave, you're going to walk out. What happened? You came and gave. You connected to God. You prayed, you listened, you listened to the preacher, you listened to singing, you participated here, participated there, had ADD here, but you pulled your brain back there. And, and, but some way, somehow, you were in the mix, and now you walk out, and you're like, hey, man, I'm kind of glad I went. What happened? It's it in motion. Last three takeaways, and I'll let you guys um, break. Last three takeaways, and I know I've had you guys take notes, but these are the three things. If you don't remember anything else, just remember these three. Don't clock out. In other words, when you're tired and when you're exhausted, don't stop looking around. Don't stop prioritizing. Don't clock out. Don't say, I'm tired, I'm done. You know, the disciples were like, Jesus, send these people home. That would have been me. I'm tired. You know, I, I took a, a, a trip to Israel, and I was on the Sea of Galilee, the same sea that they were just on. And we got in a boat and went to the other side of the lake because there's this little shop there that says Pete's Fish. It's kind of a cool play on words, and it's a little restaurant there. And you sit on the, on the porch, and, and you eat fish. Um, I did not like the fish as a sidebar because they left the head on the fish. That's not cool. At restaurants, you leave the head in the kitchen. So how do you eat something that's looking at you? I love fish. I'll eat fish every day, but I don't want the fish to watch me eat it. I don't like that. So anyway... We get in the boat, I'm looking across 
the lake. They call it the Sea of Galilee. But I'm looking across the lake, and I see it. So we all said, let's get in the boat and let's go across. So we get in the boat, we're going across. And I'm like, man, we're going to the other side. Like in the Bible, we're going to the other side. Ah, we're laughing, 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 laughing. About 30 minutes later, we're still moving. And this is like an engine. This kind. These guys have to row. In the Bible, they had to row. It took us about an hour and 15 minutes. I was not wearing a hat. We get about halfway across, and I'm thinking, man, how many times did Jesus say, let's go to the other side? At a certain point, you get a bad attitude about it. <laughs> they had just gotten to the other side to get away from the crowd, and the crowd went around the lake. You can see all, every single side of the Sea of Galilee. You can see all the way to that side. You can see all the way to that side. You can see all the way. You can see it. These people walked all the way around. They got in the boat. They walked around. But they get to the other side. They're tired. They're exhausted. And Peter goes, hey, man, send them home. I'm tired. Send them home. So the takeaway is, as much as you want to send them home, go to your room. That's something I would say to my kids. I'm just saying. You see somebody at the office. There's somebody in your neighborhood. There's a, a friend of yours. Don't ch clock out. I'm exhausted. I got my own problems. Sometimes the Lord will give you the ability to see the countenance of their face and you can tell they're not okay. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Don't back up and clock out and like, I don't have it in me right now. Don't clock out. Number two. Everybody say number two. With Jesus, there's a way. It must have felt impossible to take care of all those people. When you don't clock out and you look at somebody's countenance that needs some help, in your mind, you'll think, I'm not capable of helping you, so I'm just going to pretend like I don't see <laughs> what's happening. There is a way. How much time? Oh, I got time for this quick story. Somebody came to our church last Sunday, and uh, they called me up on Monday, and they said, well, we came to your church last Sunday, and we really enjoyed it. Um, but there was somebody standing behind us during the worship service that, um, I don't know how to say this, and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? They got, like, really, really into the song, and it was kind of weirding me out. Um, am I going to experience that every time I come to your church? So, <laughs> I'm thinking, whoever that was, oh, if I could see you now, I don't, don't even tell me who they are. Um, uh, we have to be conscious of the fact that when we're worshiping God, that there's people standing around us. We're not at home by ourselves. When I'm at home by myself, I pray in a way that I don't pray here. When I'm at home by myself, I pray a lot like this. Dear God, I need 
you when I sing to him? I love you, 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 I love you. But when I'm here, I, I remember I'm not by myself. Does that make sense? It's like we got to remember there's people standing around us. So anyway, she says, they were kind of crazy. Are there a lot of people like that in your church? And all of a sudden, I felt God give me an answer that was so beyond how smart I really am. Like I said it, have you ever said something and go, that was good. <laughs> like, did anyone else get that? Because that was kind of good. And so uh, I said to her, um, just, this is, just so you don't think I'm lost in my message. Sometimes I do get lost, but I'm not lost right now. When God will give you the ability to multiply fish and loaves. He'll give you the ability to have an answer with somebody that you didn't have that answer before. He'll give it to you. He'll give you that ability. So I said, look, I went to a Dave Matthews band last year. And she goes, oh, I love Dave Matthews. Now, Dave Matthews, for those of you that don't know, he's not a Christian guy. Um, it's secular. Um, and he, I, my wife and I just think his music is so cool. Um, so we went to the Cynthia Woods Pavilion and the place was packed out with tons of people. And so I'm talking to her on the phone. I said, we went to the Dave Matthews. We were excited. And there was a guy next to us who was clearly a bigger Dave Matthews fan than I was because he showed up dressed as Dave Matthews. And he started singing the song as if he was Dave Matthews. And it was bothering me. Now I'm saying this over the phone. Had she been looking at me, I would have showed her what he was doing. And I'm in there, and I, I'm, I'm at the Dave Matthews band. I'm just like, man, this is cool. This is cool. And my wife was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's And I'm looking, I'm like, dude, I just paid $125 for this seat, $125 for that seat, and you're bugging me. And so I told her over the phone, I said, if you're anywhere with really cool music in a cool environment, you're going to attract a broad spectrum of people. You're going to attract white collar, blue collar, older, younger, women, men, kids, cool people, kooky people. <laughs> if you're anywhere that has a lot of energy, that's what's going to happen. I said, I went to the movie theater a couple years ago because Star Wars was out. I was so excited because Star Wars was out. It was a cool environment, but guess who showed up? Chewbacca showed up. <laughs> Luke Skywalker showed up. About 50 stormtroopers showed up. Grown men and women were wearing costumes to the movie theater. Have you lost your mind? Jabba the Hutt was there. Uh, what in the world is happening? These are adults. What's that? Harry Potter. <laughs> when an adult dresses up like Harry Potter to the movies, they need to be in a padded room. That's not normal. If it was you, I'm sorry. Sorry. 
So I said to her, I said, look, if you come to our church, you're going to see a variety of people, and some of them are nuts. <laughs> but there's a reason why there's security guards at the mall. Because there's a variety of people, and some of them are nuts. The only way you can go to a room with a whole bunch of people in it, and there's nobody nuts in the room, even though there's a whole bunch of people, is it has to be a lame place to be. And I said that, I went, man, that was so good. That was so good. I've never had that thought before in my life. My point is, is I'm in a position where I'm giving, I'm helping, and all of a sudden God will give you the ability to take your, or let me use my, my little pea brain and multiply the fish and loaves. Now I know more than I knew a minute ago. But we have to stay in that mode. It is so easy to get caught up in all the things that are not going right in our life and just like go feed yourself. Are you with me? Last and final point. You too will end up with more than what you need if you don't put you first. Jesus got refilled far more than he ever probably thought when he was alone praying with God. So it's not like your turn isn't coming. Your turn is coming. You're not going to get forgotten. Your turn is coming.